For forty years, it will be seen every day. Both his credit and his reputation will sink. The great mountain around which are seven stadia, that if the moon itself be guided by an angel, the heavens shall come closer to a state of balance. Welcome to MuggleCast, your weekly ride into the Wizarding World fandom. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah, your groundskeeper. <laughs> and I'm Laura. I thought we were going to do that. I was trying to think of one this time. I was like, should, what should I be, an Obscurus? I'm an Obscurus. Uh, I'm a poster on the wall of an alley that advertises a circus for the sequel. And what are you this week, Laura? Um, I, I want to be... Like a, a mom to all of the beasts. Oh, beautiful. I want to take them all in. It's my dream, actually. When I retire, I would like to run a dog retirement farm. <sighs> and so, yeah, I think that's where my spirit is. I just want to take in all the beasts and take care of them. A buddy of mine just got a dog from a dog re- like farm like that. It was real nice, like adopted. And he's real adorable. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Credence Barebone, a.k.a. Corvus Lestrange, maybe? A.k.a. Aurelius Dumbledore, maybe? (laughs) We're going to try to figure out what's going on with Credence. And this is kind of a follow-up to our discussion from episode 323. That was after Fantastic Beast 1 came out. We have yet to do a discussion focused on Credence following the release of Crimes of Grindelwald. So we'll try to figure it out. Honestly, like I look at Credence and I am like my I look at the backstory and all that and my eyes just glaze over. But I'm going to try really <laughs> hard. I really want to understand this all. Yeah, me too. We should all just do we, we should promise each other that we're just going to like snap our fingers if we seem to look like we're drifting or eyes glazing over. Yeah, we're on Zoom video now. So let's just <laughs> not because I'm bored, just because like I don't get it. The no. boat, the babies. Was it the Titanic? It's so, it's really dense. Yeah. It's super dense. All right. Before we get to our Credence discussion, though, first, we wanted to share a message we received from the person who founded the Harry Potter movie database, a site which we have referenced multiple times on the show. We are so impressed by this site. His name is Pete, and we heard from him over Twitter. Pete said, being a big fan of the podcast, I couldn't believe my ears when it was mentioned, and I'm still mind blown. Also wanted to add that I am currently working on the deleted and unreleased scenes from Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. It has taken me quite a while to write the article because I have had to prioritize university. Hopefully, I will manage to get it out sometime soon. I plan to go through every HP movie, but it takes quite a while to make a post due to the extensive research and writing. You all heard it here first. HarryPotterDatabase.com is going to receive updates thanks to MuggleCast listener Pete. That's awesome. Oh, I just love getting these messages where they're like, you're a fan of me. I'm a fan of you. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. We're all fans of each other because like he's doing amazing work. And to find out that he's also in university and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I want to get, you know, Order of the Phoenix up, but I have you need to worry about. I'm like, yeah, man, you do you. Right. <laughs> like. And again, this site has a fantastic collection of every deleted scene from the first four movies. And he's, like we just learned, going to uh, gather information about the final four movies. Tremendous. Yeah. 
it, it's really impressive. And we just spent a whole bonus muggle cast doing Sorcerer's Stone and all the crate stuff he had on that. So, yeah, yeah. He actually became a patron, too. So thanks, Pete. We oh. actually owe you. <laughs> you launch a Patreon. <laughs> we'll support you. Yes. We definitely would, oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, man. He was just fact checking everything that we said. <laughs> right. He was like, oh, they're talking about me on their Patreon. I got to hear this. Well, anyway, great job, Pete. It's great to see people like you in the fandom. And now let's get into our discussion on Credence. Eric, you're going to lead this one. Yeah, sure. So, oh, wish me luck, everybody. Um, but we are here to talk about Credence Barebone, Corvus the Strange, Aurelius, Dumbledore. I rewatched the Fantastic Beasts films, and the transition between the first one and the second one is so shocking to me still because all of a sudden, almost, Credence goes from someone who is presumed dead, you know, he's like, the big obscurial that's terrorizing New York. But all of a sudden, he is the absolute main focus of the entire plot of Crimes of Grindelwald. There's no character pairing that doesn't revolve around Credence and what he's doing, who he really is. Is he the strange? Grindelwald's whole plot uh, has everything to do with Credence. It's massive. I think we were all kind of like going back to when we all saw this film kind of blown away or like blown backwards a bit by how much credence is the center of crimes of Grindelwald. Do you guys remember feeling a little bit like shocked by this? Yeah. I mean, after I shook off the confusion, I, I definitely um, <laughs> agree with what you're saying. And I would even argue he's one of the major focal points of the first film too. So I'm, I'm sensing a little bit of a theme here with credence. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting and not a, not a, not wrong uh, because, you know, the first film really focused on how oppressed he was by his foster mom, Mary Lou Barebone. Um, you know, we knew that Graves or Grindelwald disguising as Graves was trying to win Credence's trust. And by the end of the film, here's something that I think maybe Credence forgot in the second film. Grindelwald punches him. <laughs> Like Graves straight up punches Credence in the face in the first one. Oh man, I had forgotten about that. <laughs> That's just Colin Farrell though. <laughs> and I'm just like, really? You're going to side with this dude now? <laughs> anyway, we, we did leave Credence sort of after our last character discussion uh, and after the film, he was presumed dead. It was pretty much only Newt that saw the little wisp flying away after all of the American horrors kind of shot those beams of light at him. Um, and Newt seemed to have some kind of recognition, like some glimmer of hope. But it's worth stating, just because when the second movie picks up, pretty much everyone is tracking Credence, knows he's alive. You know, a lot has happened in the in-between. Um, but there were these two opportunities, two like kind of deleted scenes that would have, I guess, solidified for more general audiences that Credence did, in fact, survive. I'm wondering, Laura, do you want to read this thing from David Heyman about a deleted scene at the end of movie one? Sure. David Heyman said, we actually had a scene which we cut, which was Credence going to a boat to get on a boat somewhere else. But we cut that because we didn't want to have it be such an, ah, here we go. It would have been like him getting on a boat, maybe a boat with Newt, maybe not, and heading out and heading off out of New York. So it's interesting that they pulled their punches here. Mm -hmm. 
But also, it's kind of funny they were going to have this scene with Credence on a boat, given what we learn, or at least the story that we're told at the end of movie two. Maybe that's why. And maybe too many boats. Uh, (laughs) Too many boats. It's it's a it's a rule in the Wizarding World: no character can be on more than three boats uh, during their whole story. Right. Or the running joke would just would have been become something about him and boats in every movie. That's funny. But well. The, the other interesting thing, do you guys remember there was like this poster for a circus in an alleyway? I referenced it in my mm-hmm. intro, but the, yeah. like, that's the alleyway that Credence and Graves go to. And so I get the feeling that like the prop department, somebody had been clued into, I think, movie two's Credence being at a circus overseas. And I vaguely remember Mina Lima, the graphic designers, they, they released that Circus Arcanus art on their site and they put it up for sale long before movie two was out, right? They made it for movie one. Yes, that, that's ringing is true. Yeah. But what I discovered in my research was there's also an alternate opening to Crimes of Grindelwald that is available on YouTube. And it actually is, you can tell it's the alternate opening because I found a, a longer version of it, but mostly it has the same music where that um, choir of voices is going like, ah, ah, ah. Huh. Yeah. And it basically features Credence piecing himself together over a slow period of time from the Wisps. So it picks up like right after uh, he's been destroyed by the Aurors and basically kind of crying and then getting, you know, kind of going elsewhere. So there's sort of two opportunities to kind of explain things away. But I think in the end, they just kind of for probably for pacing. And because movie two opens with Grindelwald's escape from New York, they're kind of just like, well, we're just going to tell people that Credence is in Paris. And there's, you know, that's just going to be the way the movie starts. Right. I think it would have been too soon to have him reemerge at the end of movie one. So I don't necessarily think that they did a great job kind of reintroducing how he got to Paris in movie two. But I, I just... I feel like it cheapens. It's it's kind of like when they you're watching a horror movie and all of a sudden you see something right at the end of the film where it clues you into the person not really being dead. I'm mm. thinking about that, you know, with Halloween 457 oh, sure. coming out this month. <laughs> yeah, I also think that it might have diminished the Grindelwald reveal, right? I mean, we have to remember that Graves was revealed to actually be Grindelwald, and I think that if they had tried to show, oh, and by the way, also Credence is still alive. <laughs> there were no stakes been, after all, people. Yeah, it might have been a bit too much. That's interesting. In terms of this Credence Reborn opening from Crimes of Grindelwald that was deleted, I think one kind of interesting note about it is you get, you see Credence's hairstyle from movie one. So he reformed, you know, and then he got a haircut. <laughs> they got a haircut. I'm back together and it's time for a haircut. Maybe he went to the barbers right next to the Kowalski bakery. He picked up a... Uh, yeah. 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 The scene rewatching it, it's a little too eerie to me. I don't know. It freaks me out for some reason. What's so interesting, because after the first film, we talked all about how an obscurial is a really cool middle ground between human and beast because of like how it was devised. And like rewatching the first film, I'm like... This is a really cool like subject, like even just looking at Credence and thinking you could be like a bridge or you're somebody who is not allowed to do magic. And like long before it was possible that Credence was a brother of Dumbledore, we totally suspected that he suffered from the same sort of thing that Ariana, Dumbledore's sister, suffered from. So like 
it was a really good setup for that character in the first film um, that made me want to see what interesting things he would do in Crimes of Grindelwald. I, I think you could have probably gotten away with one of those wisps just maybe trailing Newt onto the boat. And that's mm. how the movie ended. Oh, yeah. And maybe you get some sort of flashback to start after yeah. Grindelwald breaks out of prison to just show how Credence kind of reestablishes himself and gets himself involved with this circus. And that it just goes to the whole conversation that I know we're going to have about the writing of the second film, particularly as yeah. it pertains to Credence's character, because it's just all over the place. Yeah, well, speaking of that, so Newt really sees that wisp. And we, you know, I would think that because Newt in the first film was really trying to get close to Credence, we see Tina being more successful, which we just talked about because of her saving him from his mom. Um, but the whole Newt, like feeling responsible for getting the Obscurus safe, like out of Credence, like at, at which he wants to do, he wants to like help Credence survive. You would think he would take a vested interest, but in the second film, Newt is the last person to know uh, that Credence is alive because it's hearing number, I think it's five or six, Newt is being asked to go to the ministry. He's been requesting to travel internationally again, but the ministry is like, no, 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 and you have to join us and become an Auror, and Credence is in Paris, by the way, in case you didn't know that. And it's interesting because when Newt refuses, we can talk about this on Newt's character discussion, which you know is coming up. But when he refuses, they then bring in this character of Grimson, who I reread the script book about this scene, and it, he's described as a beast hunter for hire. That sounds like somebody who'd be a perfect foil for Newt, like somebody who just does not care, goes after, and probably like trophy hunter for beasts. But they're using him to hunt Credence. So we know that pretty much the government wants Credence dead. And that's not great. Right. And why Newt doesn't like this guy or what they're up yeah. to. It's interesting. We had to learn that from the script book. But uh, in the movie, he's just like, what's he doing here? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we talked about this briefly, but, you know, Credence is joining the circus. And it's something about Grindelwald passing him notes. We see him in a later scene hand off a note to, I think it's Crawl, to get to Credence that points him in the direction of Irma, who points him in the direction of the wrong family for him. But I think it's just safe to say that a lot of what could have been Credence's character arc in the second one is completely just manipulation because Grindelwald wants him to like be kind of thirsty for the answers. Grindelwald takes a lot of, you know, what Credence would be doing and is just heavy-handed, manipulating, giving exactly the right amount of, like, false information at the right amount of time to basically get the whole movie to the end of the movie. But isn't this just an extension of what happens in the first movie? He's looking for Credence in fantastic beast right now it's about how does he get credence to be an ally in in the crimes of grindelwald so the plot is again a little bit of the same it's grindelwald chasing down credence i think for me it's just sad to see credence as a character be so desperate for truth you know like he really spends the whole film bouncing from one thing to another and the only thing he's got going for him is his friendship with, of all people, Nagini. 
you know, who he befriends at the circus and who really does seem to be there for him. They kind of had have some shared loss, I bet. Shared loss and both being outcasts. They're both different. Yeah. You know, yeah. Nagini's got the blood curse. He's got the obscure obscurus. And, you know, sometimes people bond yeah. when uh, they have tragedies occur to them. Mm-hmm. And probably a shared sense of abandonment, too. Right. I mean, we yeah. don't have quite as clear of a picture on Nagini's background as we do on Credence's, or at least what we think what's mm. been presented to us thus far about Credence's origin. Um, but I have to imagine that um, Nagini being what she is, is not something that would go over well with other people in her life. Right. So. Right. You know, when Tina confronts the circus guy, Skender, uh, is it? And she says like, what was he doing here? He says, all my freaks think they can go home. I think that that is kind of a shared, uh, I mean, it's mean, but it's probably like Nagini and Credence both bond over their shared like loss, basically. Yeah. One of the uh, patrons in the Discord, Bonkers Bricks, asks the question, I always assumed that Credence joined the circus in New York and that's how he got to Paris. Is that real or is that all in my head? Uh, Just because it's all in your head. Why should that mean that <laughs> it's not real? No, I vaguely remember that too. That may have been something we learned after the fact, or maybe we learned it in one of these companion books. Yeah, I think because we heard about the circus long before movie two came out. Right, because again, Mina Lima did that Circus Arcanus artwork yeah. so for movie one. So there is something there. Bonkers bricks. Yeah. But whether or not he joined in New York and they moved overseas is impossible to know, I think, from where he just followed them. Right. Yeah, as a little whisk. Yeah. Does it mention Paris on that flyer too? Maybe that's uh, oh, maybe. I don't think so. How he knew where they were going next. Yeah. I mean it explains it, but there's also kind of an interesting, maybe like questionable time jump because we're learning when Grindelwald was out and then it's three months later and Somebody said he's in captivity for six months. So I don't know. But he found the circus. And, you know, his friendship with Nagini really does hold true throughout the whole film. Nagini actually has a lot of, like, really interesting, like, good lines, I want to say. Which maybe we'll do a Nagini discussion. But one of the biggest things that she shares with him at the end when he's, you know, peak desperation. she He's about to go with Grindelwald in the blue fire. And... He's like, this man knows who I am because, Andrew, do you want to do your your favorite uh, line from Credence in this film? I want to know who I am. Yeah. I want to know who I am. Yeah. I want to he know. says he knows who I am. And she says, he knows what you were born, not who you are. And that's such an mm. underappreciated line. It's lost on Credence, unfortunately. But this pursuit that he has throughout the film of where do I come from? Like people, there's like a, it literally has a body count. But he seems to be unable. He's stuck on that. So can we empathize with somebody who really wants to know strictly the facts of where I come from, even if it means that they're not really living their their life to their fullest now? I I don't think any of us have had similar experiences where we don't know our history and maybe few of our listeners are going through that. But yeah, I can I can definitely understand why Credence is feeling this way and finally wanting answers, especially when he's having a hard time trusting many people right now. Maybe he trusts Nagini, but that seems to be about it. And he's tired of being pulled in different directions and just wants to know the truth so he can 
get on with his life. Of course, we have to also take into consideration the very poor situation he was in in the first movie. Mm. So I, you can see why he feels so broken and why he really wants answers. Yeah, I was going to bring up the same point. We have to remember that Credence has had a sense, right, that there's something about him that's different. And he was taken in by a very abusive fundamentalist foster mother who clearly wanted to stamp anything different out of the children that she was fostering, right? So between that and the fact that he doesn't really know who he is, I can completely understand why he would be so focused on figuring out the answer because that's his life's biggest question. Yeah, I can see how, you know, he knows that he doesn't come from the foster home where he grew up. But if he's, Mm -hmm. people keep telling him he's like more powerful or more special than he should be. And it's like, well, okay, now I really need to know kind of why, right? That's one of life's questions. Why? Oh, and just as he starts to get some answers, the one person who he feels like can give him those answers is killed right in front of him in Irma. Grimson. So close. So close. And of course, we find out Grimson is in cahoots with Grindelwald. Maybe we shouldn't have been so surprised. But (laughs) I I wondered, though, and, and maybe Irma was just collateral damage. I don't know that she was necessarily the target in that moment. I think Grimson was going after Credence. And Irma just got in the way, unfortunately. And I could be wrong, but... Yeah, I think what it is, the Ministry wanted Grimson to go after Credence, but the line, when he, what he says to Grindelwald right after that scene is, I'm going to have to tell the Ministry I missed. But I think he was deliberately sent by Grindelwald to kill Irma before she could t- say any more than what she said. Like, I think he had a closely monitored... Right. So the Ministry thinks he was going there for Credence, he got the two of them together and then killed mm. Irma, letting Credence live because Credence is going to join Grindelwald. So is all master manipulation. Yeah. Well, because Irma has information on Credence. So why would Grindelwald want Irma to share that information with Credence? Do I have that right? Yes. Well, only he wants her to share the information that she carried him to America to be adopted. Like uh-huh. she forms that bond, like they have that bond together. And she's like, you were a beautiful baby. Um, but mm. any more than that, and it's too much. So like, again, it's just heart wrenching to see, you know, Credence buy in and then have to suffer such loss right because away. Because isn't it Grindelwald who lays the breadcrumbs for him to get to Irma in the first place? Uh, yes. So that's what I meant by master manipulation. Yeah. Grindelwald is controlling everything and just looking to put Credence in an even worse state of mind, basically. Yeah. 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 So that's an interesting parallel to uh, Dumbledore and the way that we know he keeps Harry in the dark and the way that we know he's probably keeping Newt in the dark, too. Yeah. Regarding the question of what doesn't Grindelwald want to let Credence know and why, like, Irma had to die exactly when she did, the only answer I could find is actually from the script book. And this is going to be kind of one of those mind bendy explanations because like explaining it, it just hurts my head. But in the script book, Credence is referred to not as Corvus, but as the as as actually Credence. So like when Lita is telling the story of swapping the baby from Corvus to Credence, 
Credence is actually described as being Credence. So the woman who owns the baby, I'll just say owns, who's guarding the baby that Lita swaps, is referred to as Credence's aunt in the script. Are you guys still with me on this? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm so okay. Yeah. Okay, so, but it's weird because there's Corvus is in the script book, so it's Corvus and Credence's aunt. Okay, well, Credence's aunt knows Irma. So somehow, because there's this line of dialogue in the script book, and usually the script book is very cut and dry, whatever's in the film is in the script book. They don't have any deleted scenes or anything, but there's this line, Irma, they want us to put on life jackets. And that comes from Credence's aunt. So somehow I'm thinking... Whoever Credence really is, whatever his true name or true origin is, it was his blood relation, his aunt, who kind of dives down to save the baby she thinks is him. Um, which means maybe if he is, in fact, a Dumbledore, that's Dumbledore's aunt that that did that. Like, yeah, because here's the here's the thing that hangs me up. If we believe Lita's story. Credence is basically a nobody. Or a Dumbledore just happened to be in the room next door if we believe Grindelwald. <laughs> and let's say both of those are not true. He's got to be somebody. We're not going to learn, oh, wait, Lita was exactly right and Grindelwald was wrong. Turns out Credence, it, you know, like he's an obscura, obscurist, so he's got to be something. Do you get what I'm right. saying? Let me throw a whole other wrinkle into this too, right? Because our, our good friend of the show, Yusuf Kama, made an unbreakable <laughs> vow with his father that he would avenge what was done to his mother. So if Corvus is in fact dead, then shouldn't Yusuf no longer be beholden to an unbreakable vow? Yes. But he is, as far as we can tell right. from movie two. Well, it's so subjective, right? It's like, kill the thing that, I forget Lita's dad's name, loves the most. And Corvus. her dad is totally, thank you. And he's totally unloving. Right. And this is where you talk about the baby swapping and Corvus 4 and Corvus 5. Well, and so much of this like, movie is designed to tell Credence he's a little strange. Yes. And then it's not until the whole baby flashback boat thing where we learn that he's not other strange. But so Lita must have, when they got to America, Lita must have fessed up to Irma and said, this is actually not my brother. Um, when we were on the boat, shenanigans happened and you're gonna have to just take him off to be adopted <laughs> yeah right because otherwise he would have been raised as corvus in britain or in america or wherever unless they got a sense that there was something wrong with him and they were like oh we don't want to deal with this let's just <laughs> yeah abandon him like i could see that being a thing too you know yeah. being you know uh, a pure blood family that is probably very obsessed with the purity of its bloodline if they've got this baby and there's something strange going on with it that they can't explain but this was corvus's prized possession like his child was the thing he loved above all else which is why yusuf is springing into gear to kill credence yeah but if it's his child that he loves and, and prizes above all else wouldn't he have a degree of shame if he felt like there was something wrong with that child? But what ended up happening was, you know, if Credence really is Corvus Lestrange, then he survived drowning at a very young age because the baby that drowned was uh -huh. Corvus Lestrange. Right. Mm -hmm. 
you have a theory on this, I think, later on. Yeah, well, it just has to do with more of the, the script book. Mm. All it says is, uh, so Credence's aunt, we're, we're keeping track, maybe Dumbledore's aunt, goes down, pulls off her life jacket so she can dive after the baby that she thinks is her nephew. She does not reemerge. We close in through the surface of the water past the drowning woman and see the dark shape of a drowning baby trailing bubbles of magical light as he sinks. And his figure becomes the drowning baby falling through the sea green light, hanging in the air in the mausoleum. So we know that that's Lita is somehow conjuring a thing. But the trailing bubbles of magical light lead me to believe that maybe, you know, if this was a pure blood kid, you know, Corvus Lestrange, maybe his magic could even save him from drowning even at a young age. Yeah. I like this theory, but this line about the magical bubbles, you only get this if you read the script book. This doesn't come through in the movie. Not at They're all. not twinkling in the movie as far as well, I know. We're, let's have a nickel a nickel every time we say this does not come through in the movie during this right. And that's discussions. exactly the problem because we're meant to consume this in a movie form and a little detail like this. While this is a great catch. And again, I like this theory. We shouldn't accept this. If this ends up being what actually occurred, we shouldn't accept this because this is not what we're given when we're sitting there and watching the movie. If this was a book first and you see this line. Okay. But the way we're given all this, doesn't work we can't accept it. i agree i agree 100 okay but i've just to go down this rabbit hole a little bit let's just say that that is true that's what turns out to be true how does this baby get out of the ocean it like, floats the to the top like a fish it swims to maybe, the top it maybe feels a beast, like a goblet of fire the bubble maybe kills. a beast saved it maybe Lapras came by and was like hey you need to surf i'm just looking at the prophecy though where it says return great avenger with wings from the water well and and yusuf speculates that he came out of the water himself actually in the movie yeah he's like either with wings or maybe on a hippogriff that can swim i think yusuf says in the movie credence wings from the water that's you yeah well also because the name corvus means raven in latin so a little on the nose (laughs) if you're doing a little bit of Diving into name origins, wings from the water, raven. I don't know that many ravens that, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot on Game of Thrones. I've never seen one emerge from the water, but that's just me. Let's Google it. Has a raven ever swam? (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) Why are they like writing desks? All right. Let's talk a little bit about some of these name origins uh, across the board, right? So we have Credence. We have Corvus, which we just talked about. We have Aurelius. So Credence, the most basic of definitions, is the belief in or acceptance of something as true. He's kind of a gullible character, right? He, 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 want, he wants to believe. He wants to believe who he is. And he was even gullible when Graves was manipulating him in the first movie. He's a believer, though. Well, and another way to look at this is he just wants the truth. He's looking for the truth belief in or acceptance of something as true this can explain why he's so hard set on finding out who he who he truly is he wants to know who he is i want to know who i am (laughs) i want to know a lot of us there it is i want it all and i want it now i want to know now the second definition though i think maybe we could talk a little bit more about this and i'm not very 
good with religion, so I might need some help here, but a credence is also a small side table or shelf or niche in a church for holding the elements of the Eucharist before they are consecrated. Okay, I've seen that. Now, we all know that credence blows the church to smithereens in the first movie. Is that mm. coincidence? Hmm. That's interesting. You also see that actually a church, the ruins of the church in this deleted scene. Mm. Oh. And that's where he grabs the birth certificate. Uh, there are two other words that I'm more, well, I was more familiar with the word tabernacle, which holds the Eucharist, uh, raised Catholic here. But it's, apparently it's also called an ombre, A-U-M-B-R-Y, when it's set in the wall. But that's very interesting. Not sure it helps us figure out who he is at the end of the day, but I did find it yeah. interesting. <laughs> we can revisit these name origins once three or five movies are out and see if, yeah, if any of this holds water. Yeah. 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 I think you should say three to five movies because that's like <laughs> where we are right now, right? We're thinking it's yeah. going to be somewhere in that range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. We mentioned, though, that Corvus is Latin for Raven, Aurelius is Latin for Golden. I know. On prior episodes, way, 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 way back, we talked about alchemy. We talked about, you know, how Aurelius means gold. I think Ariana also translate, and I don't remember the language, but to silver uh, in, mm. in one language. Um, we actually have an email coming up that we read on episode 395, which is our live Crimes of Grindelwald call-in show. We're going to read a few little snippets from it, but they did a much better job with the name origins uh, than I just did. Uh, So I gave like the quick overview, but they go into much more detail. It's cool that on the periodic table of elements, gold is abbreviated AU for Aurum. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll visit that email in a moment, but first time for a word from this week's sponsor, Quip. Good health starts with good habits. Quip makes it easy by delivering all the oral care essentials you need to care for your mouth. Let me tell you about the Quip electric toothbrush. It is loved by over 7 million mouths and has timed sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses to guide a dentist-recommended two-minute clean, a lightweight and sleek design for adults and kids with no wires or bulky charger to weigh you down, And it's got a multi-use travel cover that doubles as a mirror mount for less clutter, which is such a good idea. And all this for the best price amongst all electric toothbrushes. They've got stylish and affordable electric brushes starting at $25 so that you won't be paying through the teeth for better oral health. That is such a good deal, by the way. A lot of these electric brushes cost $100 or more. And dentists actually recommend electric toothbrushes because they can do a better job than your arm ever can. So really, you should get on this. And beyond the brush, Quip has everything you need to build a complete routine. They've got refillable gum that's sugar-free, has long-lasting mint flavor, and comes with a dispenser. And they have a refillable mouthwash that has a 4X concentrate, and that is good for you and the planet. If you go to getquip.com muggle right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash muggle, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash muggle. Quip is the good habits company. All right, so let's look at this email and uh, some of the highlights here. Okay, so going back to episode 395, we heard from Doug and Nicole, who both study uh, Latin and the classics, ancient Greece and Rome. 
And they gave us some really great insight into some of the names that we've just been talking about, um, starting with Aurelius Dumbledore. Uh, they said that we believe that Grindelwald is lying. If you look at the name Aurelius, it comes from the Latin word for gold and literally means golden or of gold. How fitting is it for Grindelwald to call Credence his golden boy, especially if he can, will, use and manipulate his powers and, and or the Obscurus. Also, there was a Roman emperor called Marcus Aurelius, known as the Philosopher King. He famously practiced Stoicism, which in a nutshell is the belief that showing excessive emotion is no good. Now, credence, the name comes from the Latin verb credo, that means to believe. Credence will believe any story concerning his identity because he just wants an identity. Yeah. There's this line at the end after they figure out he's not a Lestrange. And he says, I'm tired of living it with no name and no history. Just tell me my story, then you can end it. He literally pleads to Yusuf to be like, tell me who I am, then you can kill me. And I just watched this before recording today, and he sounds desperate and depressed. Yeah. You really feel for him in that moment. Right. Now for Corvus, they believe that Credence is Corvus Lestrange the fifth. Firstly, the name Corvus literally means raven in Latin, which we mentioned earlier. On a lighter note, I think that Credence looks kind of raveny. <laughs> also, we heard only pieces of a prophecy concerning the Lestrange family. If we take precedent from prophecies we know from the Potter series, if you believe a prophecy is going to happen, it will. Perhaps Corvus IV acted upon the prophecy after having heard only some of it. Hmm, who does that remind us of? If so, I believe that by Corvus IV taking action to prevent the prophecy from happening, sending the kids to America, he actually set it in motion. And they also bring up the point that there has to be a surviving Lestrange in the future of the series because how else do we get Rudolphus and Rebastian? Oh, exactly. My goodness. Yeah. I I'm really getting into this whole rising from the water with a mother's love theory actually it it's all checking out i think well and they also mentioned in this email we know that young wizards can use magic to save themselves from lethal situations neville does it in the potter series uh, the baby who appears drowning actually uses powers to escape from the water and survive the prophecy has a line that says return great avenger with wings from the water right wouldn't this work yes yeah well if his magic if credence's magic side had to step out and go we got to save ourselves that's really interacting with credence like a twin the way that dumbledore describes in his obscurus as a, a like a twin like a you know a magical companion if credence's magic side saved him at such a young age maybe the reason that he's so in tune with it or maybe he was more likely to develop an obscurus because his magic was already like having agency and taking an active role at like from infancy. Yeah, that's definitely possible. And the last part that they took a look at was the chick, aka the phoenix that shows up at the end of the film. Mm. They hypothesize that they don't think it's coming to Credence at all, but rather to Grindelwald because he has Dumbledore's blood running through his veins. <sighs> I like that. But also, we don't know if Grindelwald's being truthful when he says there's a legend in your family that a phoenix comes to a, a Dumbledore in need. So he might be making that up, too. Well, Dumbledore tells Newt that. 
at the beginning of the film. Oh, right, 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 right. But he, but Grindelwald could be lying that it pertains to Credence because he's definitely heard that story from Dumbledore himself. Uh huh. Um, yes. At some point, and the Phoenix, quote unquote, is just a baby chick. Uh, for most of the film, up until that point, it randomly shows up between the scene where Credence is on the roof uh, and after they leave the circus. But um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Maybe it's not a real phoenix. Maybe it's some sort of magic that Grindelwald's pulling off there to try and convince Credence. Yeah, that he's he really a Dumbledore. It. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. he's really good at the that. guy who was somebody else in the last movie. He could have for a whole year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one thing I will say, though, is that if Corvus is, in fact, alive and a separate character altogether, oh. they can't introduce him into this. Can, 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 we can, can never know. <laughs> Corvus is living happily. Great, great grandfather of Adolphus and Rabistan, and he's like just totally chill somewhere else. So thanks for that email, Nicole and Doug, if you're still listening. Yeah. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks again. A second used it time. twice. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, I wondered if we could parse if we get anything out of reading the prophecy since the film. There's so many times the character in this film is like, have you read the predictions of Tycho Janonis? <laughs> yeah, right. And and Dumbledore's like, yes, yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so here it is. A son cruelly banished, despair of the daughter, return great avenger with wings from the water. And... There's two other moments in the film where another line is read, but it's not put in any kind of context or order. It says, there's a highborn henchman. So the highborn henchman could be Corvus Lestrange, you know, five or whatever Credence's birth name is supposed to be if he were Lestrange. But if that's not Credence, what does highborn henchman really imply for Grindelwald's side of things? And does do any of these other lines really speak to us? Well, the way Yusuf explains it in the movie makes sense to me. Mm. A son cruelly banished is Credence. Despair of the daughter is Lita. Return great Avenger with wings from the water is Credence, right? Yeah. So other than that, I, I don't really, I really can't make much sense of this prophecy. Is it possible that that was a misdirect? Yeah, for yeah. sure. But so Grindelwald spends the whole movie trying to convince actually everybody that Credence is in fact a Lestrange, only to pivot. Like he meets Lita at the end of the film. Lita comes straight uh, up to Grindelwald with the fire. And he's like, ah, I know you. <laughs> but they've never actually met before. It's such a weird gamble for Grindelwald to take where he doesn't even really know Lita. But then he tries to read her of like, oh, everybody despises you, this, that, the other thing. And then to pivot and just be like, hey, Credence, you're a Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Whatever's going on, it's a little too chaotic for me. <laughs> I'm wondering now, though, that we have the title of the next movie, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Can we start to maybe place some of his family into this prophecy? Because now when I see Despair of the Daughter, I'm thinking about Ariana. Yeah. Uh, That's exactly what I was wondering. A son cruelly banished? Maybe it's Albus? I, I don't know. This might be overthinking it. I'm thinking of that fan film, but did the fight happen on a beach? The big yeah. duel? It did? Okay, so there's yeah, your water. Well, wait. Uh, that happened in that fan movie, but we haven't had it confirmed that that's actually Right, that's what I'm asking. Happened, right? Was that? Well, yeah. Okay, so assume that Grindelwald's telling the truth and that Credence is, in fact, Dumbledore's actual brother, like shares the same mom and pop. 
he would still be a son cruelly banished. And that explains why Credence's aunt is taking him to America because the Dumbledores, for some reason, didn't want him. So would that add up with the timeline, though? Yeah, I mean... that's what I was going to say. <laughs> so apparently this doesn't check out timeline wise. Let me get to my TLDR. He couldn't be a brother of Albus because Kendra Dumbledore died in 1899, which is, which is at least two years before Credence's birth. That's another thing to make this even more confusing. There's the script book and the birth certificate tell different stories about when Credence was born. There's a difference of three or four years between those two items. Okay, so Kendra died in 1899, which is before Credence was born. Percival died in Azkaban after his imprisonment but it's unknown when he died. So maybe Credence at best is a cousin of some sort. He could maybe be a Dumbledore, but he's just not Albus's brother. I didn't realize that there were discrepancies about Credence's birthday. Yeah. And I find that really interesting. I refuse to believe that that was an accident. And the reason I say that is because if you ever go and do any kind of genealogy research, you will find that census records and birth certificates from that particular period of time can vary wildly. Yes. Like my mom is super into doing the genetic research for our family. And it's maddening because you can find different information on a birth certificate from what exists on a census record, for example. So it's entirely possible they are playing with something very real that happened in you know the world at that time when we were trying to document yeah you know one theory i read and i think i have the details of this right is that irma may have modified the birth certificate Mm -hmm. to throw grindelwald off the trail people would do that too if there was any um parentage that they wanted to hide Uh uh-huh You know, it was not uncommon for people to be bringing up children that weren't actually theirs biologically, but they raised them anyway. So there's there's a lot of options there. I like this theory. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's an accident. Does any of that explain why McGonagall is in this movie? (laughs) No, unfortunately. She's the great Avenger. That's (laughs) That's the other thing. It bothers me about, um, you know, the possibility of Credence being revealed as a Dumbledore brother. I'm sitting here saying, well, timeline doesn't add up. But on the other hand, how much regard is this franchise giving to the timeline anyway? Right. So who knows? <laughs> and we've seen them make mistakes like they they publish something wrong in the Hufflepuff edition of book one. Right. Was that it? They, they oh, got it yeah. back from buzzfeed or something that was wrong (laughs) so so and this movie still didn't explain why newt got expelled from hogwarts but yeah you know we'll have to see so yeah this you know credence is real identity and it, it matters to discuss because it matters to him this is the important thing but if he's regardless of if he is a dumbledore he is still the only known obscurial to have survived to the age that he is currently at. And that makes him a heck of a force to be reckoned with. And Grindelwald at the end just straight up gives him a wand and then he just straight up destroys a mountain. Um, so 
you know, Credence in the next couple movies is going to be just an, even more of a force for of, of nature, basically, to contend with. The other question I had, though, too, is if, in fact, let's just say that Credence is Aurelius Dumbledore, we already have two other Dumbledore siblings that have not made an appearance on screen to date. Why add another one? Mm. What does that do to add a fourth sibling to the mix? There aren't enough characters in this franchise. I don't know. <laughs> no, you know. especially when one of them is already an obscure. Right. Mm -hmm. Now you're adding another oh, one. Because I, right. yeah. I was going to, to say, mix. you know, it's about the beast within us, man. But yeah, we already have Ariana, who is an Obscurus, who could have been the beast, the human beast, the wizard beast. So I don't know. I mean, I want to say that Credence could be involved in the final duel against Grindelwald. If Grindelwald had lied to him, mm. he'll want to kill Grindelwald. And especially if Dumbledore shows him mm. the right way. See, now you're just furthering the theory that I had that Dumbledore finds... I think he uses Credence ultimately to absorb Grindelwald's powers and that's how Credence is destroyed and that's how Grindelwald is defeated. I love that theory, but it does uh, warrant recognition that during this film, Grindelwald asks his followers, you know, who could you kill Dumbledore? I think he says to Crawl, oh yeah, could you just go to the school where he's hiding and kill Dumbledore? And Crawl like hesitates and he's like, this is why we need Credence. We need him to come willingly and he is going to kill Albus Dumbledore. And so that's pretty, you know, a straightforward explanation of what Grindelwald's ultimate plan is. Mm. He needs this Obscurus to kill Dumbledore because he himself is bound by the same blood pact that Dumbledore is. So he needs a third party. But whether that third party would be Dumbledore's blood sibling or relative or cousin or anything doesn't really need to be in there. But it is, you know... It, we're discussing it so much because it is the main plot. of. There's not another main plot of Crimes of Grindelwald. This is all about some kind of manipulation about who Credence really is. Yeah, there's uh, the one thing I will say that I really like about all this is that it lends itself to so many different theories. Yeah. And that's just something that we haven't had the opportunity to really dive deep into for a long, long time. Probably two and a half years, right? <laughs> and Micah, you're asking, why do we need another Dumbledore potentially? Ariana's already dead. Credence could be... Well, presumably you're going to see her. Well, well, mm. but what I'm getting at is Credence could be Albus's way to avenge Ariana, maybe, or to right the mistakes he made with Ariana. I like that. I think there might be something there. Yeah. So before we share some other theories, and we have been theorizing a lot, I to make sense of this whole, like to prepare for the discussion today, I wanted to try and like make sense of the story we get in Crimes of Grindelwald. I wanted to just make a TLDR, a too long didn't read of the story we're given at the end of the movie. So tell me if this makes sense, okay? Corvus Lestrange IV, Imperious Yusuf Kama's mother into marriage. Credence was thought to be Corvus V, Corvus V who is Corvus IV's son. Yusuf made an unbreakable vow to kill Corvus V as he swore to kill the person who Corvus IV loved most to exact revenge on Corvus IV for imperioing his mom. Lidl Estrange claims Credence is not Corvus V because she swapped baby Corvus and baby Credence on the ship because baby Corvus was being loud and annoying. 
So he's not Corvus, and Yusuf doesn't have to kill him. So then we're like, okay, who is he? And Grindelwald says he's a Dumbledore. So I basically have that all right. Yes. And I think this is why it's so confusing, if that is true, if my summary here is accurate. Well, it's all that, and it's in like an unintelligible British murmur or like mutter. Right, and Yusuf adds a lot more backstory about his family in that scene. And so it's just a ton of information at once. And look, I really want to try to understand this, but as much as I think about it, it's just so many mental gymnastics you have to be doing. And especially the first time watching right. this, you're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> wait, <It's very> rewind. <laughs> hey, projectionist, rewind, please. <laughs> yeah. When it's all these icons, right? They got to get the book, the box in the ministry. And there's this whole several scenes in the French ministry where um, Abernathy takes it out. It then gets put in the mausoleum. Lita goes to look for it. Tina and Newt are there looking for it. Then it's in the mausoleum. Then they go to the mausoleum. It's a family tree for a family that Credence isn't even a part of. Mm-hmm. Like, it's this crazy, mm-hmm. you know, it's misdirection, but like to the tri- like umpteenth degree. And let's not forget, too, that a lot of the whole Lestrange family tree was mapped out on the sewer wall by Yusuf. Yes! And we never got really any time with that. <sighs> and so... I just feel like you're setting up the Lestrange family history for no reason. If in fact he's not Corvus Lestrange, right? Why do we as viewers need a misdirect to get us to the end of the film where he's actually a Dumbledore, but there was nothing along the way that led us except the little bird to, to even possibly think that, that that could be, you know, a possibility. Like, I just feel like it's a lot of wasted story time to give the entire Lestrange backstory. Agreed. To have it be nothing. Good point. Yeah. But maybe it was Lita's last film and they needed to cram that all into... (laughs) Zoe Kravitz says uh, she's not sure if she's coming back. I don't think. I hope she does. She was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, she was. Yeah. I don't usually believe it when actors say stuff like that. I mean, there's usually a contractual Mm. agreement that prevents them from speculating Mm. one way or the other. All right, we'll be back to the show in a minute. But first, a quick word from our second sponsor of the week, Third Love. We put our bodies through so much, pushing them to the limit for sport, family, fashion, and fun. And when you think about it, it's pretty incredible that our bodies keep up. Third Love believes every body is amazing and deserves to be treated that way. I love knowing that I can depend on Third Love's underwear, loungewear, and activewear to hug better, hold stronger, and support longer. I recently ordered a couple of Third Love's Flex Seamless Sports Bras, and I was so excited to get these in the mail today. It's really nice for working from home, being on the go, or just lounging around the house to have a bra that's supportive enough to break a sweat and comfy enough to change how I feel about sports bras. Third Love obsesses over each stitch so you never have to think about how something feels, looks, or wears. And they've got your back while you're out and about or just hanging out at home. With the softest sleepwear, luxe washable silk, and bras you won't want to take off when you get home. The 90,000 five-star reviews don't lie. Feeling is believing. 
upgrade to everyday pieces that love your body as much as you do. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash mugglecast. That's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash mugglecast. All right. I think we wanted to share some theories, some more theories. We might revisit a couple of things we've mentioned so far today. But what could be going on with Credence and Aurelius Dumbledore? So I have one just to kind of kick things off. Grindelwald was for real. And I actually really believed this one for a while. And Credence really is a Dumbledore. But like I said earlier, the timeline doesn't check out. But I was really convinced that Grindelwald wasn't lying when I first saw the movie because it's a big cliffhanger to leave us on. And I feel like giving us that reveal has to be legitimate if it's at the end of the movie and we have to wait a minimum of two years for the next movie. The two parts of this theory that don't work for me is the first film, Graves does not know if he's looking for a boy or a girl. Right. Because for a while they think it's, I think, chastity, barebone, up until the very end when after he hits Credence, Credence gets upset and then reveals himself. So if he knew kind of that you know, Credence was Dumbledore's brother all along. There's no reason for the kind of uncertainty at all. But couldn't he have found that out after the fact that I'm just thinking because in the, the first few scenes of Crimes of Grindelwald, Dumbledore basically admits that he sends Newt to America yes. to go after Credence. So clearly Dumbledore knows who Credence is. That's a fair point. Mm. So I, I maybe it's just something that Grindelwald figured out after. Well, if if he did, it happened off screen, and that's that's the horrible thing about this between movies times. Like, there's only something like six months between movies, but Grindelwald broke out of prison and then discovered this whole Credence backstory and then manipulated Credence before the second movie really starts. Do you think? I, I mean, I feel like I just want to throw this out there. Is there any chance that we find out maybe Credence is from another wizarding family that we know, but it's not? The Lestranges or the Dumbledores? I bet he's a potter. (laughs) (laughs) So Credence, (laughs) I know we've been throwing you in a lot of directions. And Dumbledore's like, you're not one of my, you're not one of, you're not a Dumbledore. You're not a Lestrange. You're a Snape. (laughs) Maybe he's a Grindelwald. Credence Lestrange, Grindelwald, potter. You are the you know yeah. great great grandfather, of, you're, and you're the chosen yeah, one. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think we're at our limit with, with Credence. But, but where this makes sense, I will say, where the whole he actually is a Dumbledore makes sense is that's just like Albus Dumbledore to fake out not having a brother, send a bunch of people to do his dirty work, right? Not get into his private business. I'm thinking of the scene with him and Lita where he he's like, uh, remorse is a great weight, or um what does he say? Confession's a great weight, I am told. He's like, I'm not going to confess anything. I'm not going to say anything or give away my secrets. The secrets are for me only. And so I really feel like it's perfectly yeah. within line for Dumbledore to hide Credence's identity, even if he were a blood brother. And what I do like about that is as viewers, especially those of us who are very intimately familiar with the original seven books, in that moment, we think he's talking about Ariana. Mm-hmm. But he could actually be talking about Credence. Or both. Or both. Yeah. And I think as we go through some of these theories, multiple ones can be true. 
Like there yeah. can be pieces of each of these that kind of ladder up even into the one you just talked about, Andrew, about Grindelwald actually telling the truth. Yeah, if he's telling the truth, some of these other ones that we're going to talk about could also be true, um, including that Ariana's Obscurus lives within Credence. I know this is a popular theory out there. Uh, and one of the possible supporting pieces of evidence is the fact that Grindelwald says to Credence at the end of the second movie, you have suffered the most heinous of betrayals, most purposefully bestowed upon you by your own blood, your own flesh and blood. And just as he has celebrated your torment, your brother seeks to destroy you. Now, he never names Albus. Oh, never names Albus. Grindelwald also could be talking to Ariana in this moment. You suffered the most heinous of betrayals. Quite possibly. I mean, I don't know again about how timing works out, but I was, I've always been a huge fan of this idea that Ariana's Obscurus, like they, they basically, ever since we heard that Newt separated and Obscurus from the host in the first movie, and but he said it killed the person, I have always thought like that must be Ariana or she had a similar ex- experience or Dumbledore totally tried to separate her Obscurus. And if he was successful, then it makes sense that this Obscurus is defining, or de- sorry, defying rea- like all expectations. And if it latches onto Credence, that it would be extra strong because it's already been removed from one host. Yeah, there, there's a lot here to unpack. And you could easily say, well, part of it, maybe Grinvald is just lying to Credence, especially when he's saying that he celebrated your torment. But there's also parts of this too, and we're going to get to another theory where it's possible that Dumbledore and Grindelwald maybe tried to create a Credence at one point, Mm -hmm. um, and things went really, really bad. Mm -hmm. So you think Credence could be their baby, kind of. Yeah. But also Dumbledore's his brother, like that's weird. (laughs) My daddy and my brother. Well, alchemy, the study of alchemy, which why would they introduce Nicholas Flamel, a known alchemist, like literally the philosopher of Philosopher's Stone, if this series wasn't already or always going to go down some kind of alchemy angle. the same famous Witches and Wizards card, Dumbledore's, which is in the first Harry Potter book, says that Dumbledore defeated Grindelwald in 1945 and that Dumbledore is famous for his work in alchemy with Nicholas Flamel, his partner. And so it's always going to this pursuit of gold, changing metals to gold. Aurelius is the golden one. Um, there's something there. There is something there. I agree. Maybe that's where the 12 uses dragon's blood comes in. <laughs> I mean, I say that kind of jokingly, but I, I feel like it's it's too big of an item that has been very prominently recognized, you know, both in the books, but then also in the fandom. And then for Nicholas Flamel to be part of this, I just feel like there's there's no way that does not come up somehow. And we also, on a prior episode, talked about a homunculus, right? Which is mm-hmm. essentially this creation that's made using alchemy. Right. So may- maybe Credence is both a homunculus and an obscurus. Or if, well, if they needed to create a person to house the obscurus so that it, it could survive after being removed from Ariana or it could be contained after living in Ariana. Um, to prevent worldwide destruction, 
then it makes sense that they would kind of create uh, credence. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, but then how do they let this baby obscurus get away from them? That's what I don't understand. And then be abused the first 17 years of its life. Yeah, yeah. it's like bad parenting. Maybe that's what we're going to learn about in some of these flashbacks, just how all of this went down and how Ariana plays a role in it as well. Um, so we talked about the theory, um, you know, Credence, the product of an alchemy experiment between Dumbledore and Grindelwald. There's also one that says that Aurelius is Ariana's twin. Maybe, the, And I know we just talked about um, birth certificates and everything like that a little while ago, but Maybe they were separated at birth. Yeah, but again, the timeline, though, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy yeah. this one. I agree, it's confusing. But, but Dumbledore actually says the word twin when he's talking about Newt. He, he says a, an obscurus grows like a, a twin, the only friend, you know, a companion in to an unloved person. So, if Ariana is, I, I find it more likely in, in. I think it's actively being hinted at that there might be a twin involved just because it's dialogue in the movie. It's like, it's a symbolic twin. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Maybe it's more symbolic because Credence is the product of Ariana's Obscurious. Right. They're in this together. If Ariana is but in... You could also argue, what if they were separated at birth and that's part of the reason why the obscurial exists because they were separate they're twins and they were separated and because they don't have each other yeah but an obscurus forms from suppressing magic right that's what we've been told so yeah uh it says in the absence of love it says both it? both are both are described accurately well and we know for credence that makes sense yeah that's the thing based on how credence lives and grows up it's fully explained why he would be an obscurial um, without this whole Dumbledore angle. Like, we totally get it. It's It's been had to explain, like, to great lengths why Harry isn't an Obscurial. And it's strictly the component of Harry was at least allowed to do magic once he found out. But Credence wasn't. Well, and the final theory here is that Credence is Corvus Lestrange. And I think we've, we've talked a fair bit about that already. There's just so many theories and so many different like rabbit holes we can go down with each of these and pulling on different threads and and like really drilling down on certain words like we were just doing with with twin and what that could mean so we're going to revisit this i know as we get closer to the third movie and even after it's released hopefully we have some answers that'd be nice yeah we deserve answers after all this waiting and i feel like there's going to be a lot of explaining to do Credence being Corvus Lestrange might be the most straightforward path. But also, like you said, Micah, I think some of these, there could be some overlapping uh, theories here. Some bits and pieces of one theory may fit within another. I just really hope it's a good answer because every character, like every plot in this film has is, is servicing this Credence mystery that we didn't yeah. ask for. <laughs> <laughs> It's I mean, at the expense of other I, characters' development. I was just going to say, how many times have we said Newt in right. this episode? No, that's true. Yeah. Or a the handful. Beast. How many times did we reference the Nifflers, huh? Zero. Or Bunty. What about poor or Bunty? B <laughs> what about Bunty? <laughs> Bunty is Credence's aunt. Her and Yusuf are getting married in the next episode. <laughs> 
Well, let us know what you thought of all these theories. It's been fun discussing them. I do feel a little more enlightened, particularly concerning this Credence's Corvus theory, this trailing bubbles of magical light reference in the script book and only there. Maybe a big clue. That could really be a big clue. Yeah. But I, I just hope how they do it, how they explain it all is clear cut. That's going to be yeah. really important. Really, really important. Well, uh, I know how much we love uh, the prophecy of Tycho Dodonis that we discussed uh, relating to Credence. And I thought that we would have a fun segment where we come up with our own prophecy for the third uh, <laughs> crimes of no, third, the third Fantastic Beasts film, Secrets of Dumbledore. And since we don't have Tycho Dodonis, I've consulted the first 100 prophecies of Nostradamus. Oh, yeah. There's a book of the prophecies of Nostradamus, and they're all in quatrains. So there's four lines. So I would like each of us to pick a number between one and a hundred, and then a number between one and four. And I will pull the lines from the poem, and we will have a prophecy. Okay. I like this. My number is seventeen. Oh, that's my lucky number. Oh. Okay. Seventeen. Yeah. Okay, and then one to four. Two. For 40 years, it will be seen every day. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say 88 uh, for me. And then I'm going to say number three. Both his credit and his reputation will sink. Sink? A boat. A boat again. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Mike or Laura, who's next? 69. Okay. And then one through four. Let's go with one. The great mountain around which are seven stadia. Okay, so I actually thought about this very intentionally this afternoon. So I I decided in advance what number I was going to pick. I'm picking number 61. Okay. And then number three. Okay. Did you know I was pulling Nostradamus? No. Okay. That if the moon itself be guided by an angel, the heavens shall come closer to a state of balance. Okay. So our prophecy is, for 40 years, it will be seen every day. Both his credit and his reputation will sink. The great mountain around which are seven stadia, that if the moon itself be guided by an angel, the heavens shall come closer to a state of balance. Ladies and gentlemen, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, begin analyzing this prophecy. What does it mean? Who said it and how will it all come to an end? <laughs> it's got to be Cassandra Trelawney, right? Her great, great, oh, maybe. great yeah. grandmother. Mm. There yeah. we go. I mean, I, I feel like we need already... to like brew a potion now or something. <laughs> 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 this is fun. There's at least uh, there's at least 60 pages of this uh, Nostradamus stuff uh, available for free on Google. Announcing next year's Patreon gift. We're going to put this on a headstone. <laughs> Better than the synopsis. Yeah, it we'll is. see what makes it's... Oh, yeah. Honestly, that synopsis was comically bad. Yeah. So thanks for that, Eric. If you have any feedback about today's discussion, you can contact us by writing or sending a voice message to mugglecast.gmail.com. If you're sending a voice message, just try to keep the message about a minute long and record in a quiet place. You can record it on your phone using the Voice Memo app. You can also use the contact form on mugglecast.com to reach us. Or you can leave a voicemail on our phone 
The number is 1920-3-MUGGLE. That's 1920-368-4453. All right. It's time for Quizage. Last week's question. These splintery treats were considered by Hermione for her parents while in Honeydukes. What were the treats? The correct answer is the tooth-flossing string mints. Remember, Hermione's parents are dentists. Correct answers were submitted by Katie B. Must be a Weasley 92, The Cool Side of Your Pillow, Legalized Gillyweed, The Flossoraptor, Wondering Why I'm Not in Ravenclaw, Wild Witch of Yorkshire, Frumpy But Super Smart, Hero to Millions, if I didn't say that already, and Ravenclaw Lupin 394. Next week's question. What was Lita Lestrange's mother's name? We talked about her some on this episode, but never by name. Submit your answer to us on the MuggleCast website, mugglecast.com slash quizich, and you can find that on the menu bar on the MuggleCast main page. Sweet. Couple other reminders. Make sure you are following MuggleCast for free in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And do leave us a review if they allow you to. We see all the reviews that come in. Thank you, everybody who leaves them. We really, really appreciate them. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. Our username is MuggleCast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You'll get episode previews, some good uh, Harry Potter content we're seeing around the internet, some news coverage, and more. So do follow us. And please, especially on Instagram, we would love if you followed us on Instagram. That's the listener challenge for the rest of the year. We need more followers on Instagram so we can start dropping links in our stories. So thank you in advance if you can take a moment to do that. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this week's episode. I'm the Great Avenger. I'm the Wings from the Water. I'm the son cruelly banished. Uh, I'm the despair of the daughter. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that was left for me. That's fine. <laughs> we'll see everybody next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.